Hey, just, you know, sleeping super well. Lots, too much sleep. Really? Mm, You're not being mm-hmm. ironic? <laughs> Does this have um, anything to do with the new tenant who moved into your house? Yeah, he's... I don't... Uh, we're going to have to evict him. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, and fittingly enough, it's going to be our very first half-hour episode, because <laughs> uh, we're running out of time for recording night, And but also, it's just, it, it fits, because this album is, like, not that interesting, I don't know, uh, but yeah, this is a, a, a show about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. We talked about this unruly mess I've made. Well, we're and by I, going to talk about I mean, it. we have, we're going, what? <laughs> we're going <laughs> to talk about this unruly mess I've made, which is uh, deciding to cover Macklemore for season 13 of The Outside oh, the Box. Oh, I see which, oh, sorry, I, st- <laughs> I stomped on your bit. Uh, well, <sighs> sometimes I stomp on my own bits, and uh, you know what? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's life. I'm not here to kink shame or judge anyone or yuck any yums. It's the only way I can finish my bits. <laughs> just um, stomp on them first. If I recall, I think I was pushing hard to cover Macklemore. Yeah, maybe you were. Yeah. It's just, it's usually my fault. Like, it is usually your fault. <laughs> Mr. It, Smash it, like, Mouth. What are, what are the, what are the episodes? Like, what are the seasons you pushed for? You pushed for Bob Marley. Yeah. And I think Bob Marley was interesting, but it was definitely rough at times. It was. Yeah. Uh, but not necessarily in an uninteresting way. Mm-hmm. Um, did you push for anyone else? I don't recall. Did I push it's for Shania? It's almost like the show just sort of happens to you. <laughs> it kind of is like that. <laughs> I think I took more ownership of it a couple of years ago when I had more free time and more energy. Yeah, you're a busy boy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just so well, tired. I'm tired, Cameron. This is you the probably don't know anything about inf- being tired now that you have a newborn son. Yeah. Com- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Over, over, I'm oversleeping every day. Just ennui. Just luxuriating. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the un- this unruly mess I've made. It's the um, what is this episode five? Uh, I don't. Remember. It's the second Macklemore and Ryan Lewis album, and hopefully final. <laughs> uh, so far, final. Yeah. I don't know what kind of if yeah. they had a breakup specifically or what, but yeah, we should look into that before the next one. Yeah. This uh, this came out. What was it? Two thousand fifteen. Twenty sixteen. 2016. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, I think before the and, election. And uh, 2016, a lot, a lot of things came out that year. Yes, it came out the end of February 2016. Oh, I, I'm just nostalgic about two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Or three months ago. Oh my god, time is nothing. Means nothing. We thought we had it so bad back then. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah, this, uh, I was looking forward to this album because of the title and I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be like a super like introspective, like kind of course correction album. And he kind of tries to do that with some of it a little bit. Well, he has, and even he has a song that's almost nine minutes long called white privilege Two. Yeah. He, he definitely is trying for introspection here. Yeah, it's just not a very good song. It's not, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, the the title of the album is in the first track, and it's like, oh, that's what you mean by the unruly mess I've made? Yeah. He, <laughs> and it's kind of disappointing. It's basically his like experience of fame and his winning an award instead of uh, Kendrick. Yeah, he doesn't even say that, though, in the song. Oh, doesn't he say something about like this is my award it should have been yours or like something like that i think he said that in like a text to kendrick Hmm. (laughs) um no no you're right you're right you're right okay yeah 
Yeah, no, you're right. He doesn't specifically say it in the song. Nope. Uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> I think this is a really boring album, uh, and he kind of just tries to retread some of his like weird faux comedy that is ultimately a lot more successful in thrift shop. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that same kind of like, I'm so twee and vintage and a hipster kind of stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of like a lot of his persona of being super cocky, but ultimately a fool. Yeah. But so foolish that he's cool. Yeah, but also, like, really deep and conscious and woke, though, man, you know? Also really w- very woke, you know? Um, In fact, the and first... he really cares about Black Lives Matter, um, but um, the song is... The one song about that is all about him. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of. Um, in fact, the uh, yeah, he's so woke that the first genre for this album listed on Wikipedia is conscious hip-hop. I know. Doesn't that just sound so, doesn't that make you skin crawl to know that there's a, a a, apparently a genre called conscious hip hop. Let me see if they claim uh, Talib Kweli. I bet they do. You know, uh, in this last week, I've been listening to the notorious B I G for the first time Mm -hmm. and it's so refreshing Mm. after listening to this for a lot of reasons. One is that the character of notorious big the the way he presents himself in his songs it's really interesting Mm -hmm. uh he talks about a lot of the same kind of content that um early days macklemore um explicitly uh talks down about like Mm -hmm. guns and thugs and etc um and i one could argue that uh latter days uh, macklemore uh implicitly talks down about um, through um, glorifying things that implicate that, you know, materialism or things that are like stereotyped to be part of hip hop culture, um, well, modern hip hop culture. It's that's true, but he also does sort of implicitly um, uh, criticize white people who don't like the violence in hip hop. He does, yeah. He gets into that. He does get into that, but a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say if he's netting net negative or positive. Oh, I'd say he's probably netting pretty negative still. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, in listening to Notorious B.I.G., uh, I just, like, I, I care almost immediately way more about this character because this is, like, a nuanced character. He's not when he's saying things that are explicit in, in their meaning or prosaic, um, it feels character centric and not lofty and idealistic. Uh Uh, and on top of it all, his flow is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's, and he is absolutely disrespectful of bar lines in a way that I've never heard any rapper do before. Mm. (laughs) Like he, his rhyme schemes are so wild and so free. Uh, it's incredible. I've never, I, yeah, I've, I've never heard anything like it. Hey Cameron, do Um, you hmm? go ahead? And when I say I've never heard anything like it, I, I'm saying that as someone who is aware that I have not really invested in hip hop music, uh, in, like the original hip hop music. I've only cherry picked a few artists that I've chosen to engage with. This is my first time really listening to a canonized, uh, you know, hip hop, uh, persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey Cameron, did I ever tell you my, uh, Biggie Smalls joke? No. <laughs> so Cameron, how does Biggie Smalls, uh, claim his preferred instrument in his Baroque music ensemble? Uh, I don't know, Nathan. He says, Give me the loot. Give me the loot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just heard that song for the first time and I get that joke. <laughs> oh. It's a song about um, being uh, a robber. Yeah. <laughs> Robbing somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I thought I had a thought to follow that up with, but maybe I don't. He's just saving up. Uh, did you, 
I was just trying to fill time while you looked to see if Talib Kweli is um, oh, really? oh, listed no. under conscious no, hip hop. It, it's it's only like a small subsection on a Wikipedia article, I think, for hip hop, and it doesn't mention any specific artists. Okay, yeah. it's just you know Macklemore, 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 just Macklemore. <laughs> well, let's let's get into these songs then, and by these songs I mean I don't know a few songs, and then yeah. let's say goodnight. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. By the way, if you want to support the show, sometimes. Um, the things that we talk about in what's in the box weekly, our bonus podcast, uh, we will talk about for longer than we should, because we're more interested in talking about those things than the album f- for the week yep. <laughs> on the main feed. That's funny. I'm not you saying we're going to do a <laughs> shitty episode today. I'm just saying like, there's some good stuff over there. <laughs> oh man. I was, I was listening to blank check today, the iron giant episode. And they just like yes. constantly talk about how it's their worst episode, and it's a very good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we that that was that was fun. We did a lot of talking. We uh, talked about I talked about the Hainish cycle, specifically "Left Hand of Darkness" by Ursula K. Le Guin, and Cameron talked about Terminator movies. Yeah, one and two. So that was super fun. Everyone should check that out. Go to support.boxset.website to yeah help us continue making both shows all right enough advertisements for ourselves let's let's move on light tunnels light tunnels she covers up my freckles concealer on my chin i look orange but she swears that it's natural with my skin the show is starting they take me to my seat walk in the arena build the ego of elites like the whole industry is staring at me a roll away from taylor two away from jmb What's this song about? This song's so tiresome. It's about his uh, the Grammys ceremony where he um, 2014, where he showed up and got four awards: best new artist, best rap performance, best rap song, and best rap album. Which is so absurd to sweep all four of those. It, yeah, especially best new artist, as if best like of all genres, the best new artist was Macklemore. Yeah like it, it looks like every year it seems more and more absurd how how do how would you say how would you describe macklemore's feelings about the grammys uh he he, he, he has a lot of humble braggy feelings about them <laughs> he he has a lot of like to detail <laughs> really tiresome self-indulgent um well i i'm putting my turn it's, it's so tiresome to me like because he talks about the Grammys like, man, everyone's looking at me and I don't even want this attention. And man, the Grammys are all fake and we're all just all dressed up in insecurities and like trying to look good. And, but I don't even want it. And it's so fake and so phony. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like if <laughs> I'm going to go back to this. Well, it's as if catcher in the rye were written by an author that hundred percent believed in the nonsense <laughs> that his main character was spouting. <laughs> yeah so it's he's just talking about how phonies they are and he's like so uncomfortable with his fame and he doesn't like the attention but then like when he does win the award he's like talk he does a sincere like acceptance speech but then uh he has this weird fantasy where he's like if they had allowed me to continue my acceptance speech I would have said, this feels so narcissistic, dressed up as a celebration to conceal it's a business. Me, 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 my image, my my songs, my self-interest, one big reality show that is scripted, and I can keep trying or get off the competition. I'd rather run out of my 15 minutes than have life pass pass me by and I forget to live it. They want outfits to be outlandish. They want sideways glances, beef and problems. They want nipple slips. Because they live for clicks. This is economics. Wow. He's really blowing it wide open with his incredibly insightful social commentary there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know why it bugs me so much, but it really does. It's, if, it's, I think it's because it's the humble braggy aspect of it where it's like he is saying like, I'm so much more real than this fake shit. I don't like people giving me attention. I don't want the fame. I'm better than that. Essentially. He's like, I I occupy like a moral and spiritual plane that is higher than all of this. It's like, motherfucker. Yeah. It's it's super privileged. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
yeah, I mean, when Kendrick raps about his fame and how problematic it is, it's never from uh, like a position of like, I'm above this or um, like, this is all a game. Well, when he does, it's like, uh, I guess that's what To Pimp a Butterfly is actually about is um, this. He has this character named Lucy um, who is like, who is the devil and is uh, I think Uncle Sam's dog or something like that. I forget. (laughs) It's been a while since I listened to it and uh, is tempting him uh, to fully buy in uh, to um, fully buy into his fame and, and to sell out uh, and to sell his soul. Um, but it's in the context of like, what does it mean for, for Kendrick, someone from Compton um, to um, find success, and, but to still have PTSD from his childhood um, and to have so many people that he's left behind and, and, He's, he actually has real guilt and not like Macklemore guilt, which is just like, oh, I probably shouldn't be this comfortable and this successful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for Kendrick is like, yeah, I am. I do deserve this, but, um, and I am the best. And he says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he is, uh, but in, but he's like, but what do I, but that, what does that mean? And what do I do now? Um, and his his internal process is actually relevant to other people. Whereas, like, who is this song for? Light Tunnels featuring Mike Slap. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a great question. Who is it for? Also, what the fuck is know. this talk about light tunnels? The chorus goes, I don't know. Last night, the skies turned purple and past lives in light tunnels. Light tunnels. So that's who we are. Just like the stars. Shine your light on. Shine your light on. What the fuck is that? Well, you're the fucking poetry expert. You tell me. It's it's total nonsense. It's a big poetic bluff. Yeah. I'm afraid you're correct. I mean, I could see maybe you could try to make the argument that like light tunnels is when you're walking down the red carpet and you're surrounded by like camera flashes on either side. But he says past lives in light tunnels, which seems to like rule that out. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like more kind of like new age spirituality bullshit from Macklemore. Yep, exactly. <laughs> to me. Uh, think, Cameron, you think not Macklemore that the is idea anti- of past lives is bullshit. I'm just saying, uh, white, um, <laughs> white representations of the idea of having past lives are bullshit. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Cameron, what do you, what do you um, think the odds are that Macklemore is an anti-vaxxer? Ooh, <laughs> I, I, it's probably higher than 50%, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean seattle yeah. white seattle <laughs> i mean it's just search uh wait, he might search. be old enough to to not be an anti-vaxxer but i don't know he's got some real anti-vax vibes he does this song would be a lot more interesting if i were interested in macklemore's story from his perspective like if i were if i really felt like he was self-aware and knew the impact that he had and like, but yeah, I'm not, I'm, he doesn't have anything actually interesting to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And because of that, it feels like a humble brag. Exactly. Yeah. He has nothing interesting to say about this except man. Grammys are fake. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> Bunch of phonies. It's like, it's like listening to a 12 year old who just discovered like, well, it's, it's also, I don't know. It feels also outdated, you know, like in, in the age of the fakeness of social media and um, like the fa- like reality TV and like wrestling becoming more popular than they were. Like, yeah, I, I think the the like the ultimate diss used to be that's fake or it's inauthentic and it's just like not as relevant anymore. And like people don't really care that much. It's like, yeah, it's fake. Lots of things are fake. Just yeah, accusing someone of lying is is not is no longer effective or yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like those things where the Midwest is like ten years behind in fashion or haircuts. Um maybe like Seattle is like ten or twenty years behind in the cultural consensus on authenticity. 
you know perhaps i feel like seattle was kind of the epicenter of like grunge like flannel wearers being like oh that's so phony meh yeah there is sort of a I, you think of Gen X and you think of grunge and you think of Seattle Pacific yeah. Northwest. You think of like all like the the widely distributed, very popular and highly corporatized alternative movement of like alternative yes. rock. Ninety four seven and RK. That's what we listen to in the Portland area. Hmm. Um, and mostly they played stadium arcadium red hot chili peppers yep. and regina specter <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, what i call rock <laughs> should, should we listen to downtown you go downtown you got a moped man she got 1988 mariah carey hair very rare mom jeans on her derriere throwing up the west side as we tear in the air stop by pipe place throwing fish to a bird downtown 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 Macklemore is all out of ideas he has a song that is on this record that is white privilege too and this song is thrift shop too yes only instead Uh, of thrift clothes it's mopeds he used mopeds he buys a moped for eight hundred dollars in cash um and he stands out from the crowd because everyone else is in bugattis or whatever yeah well i think he's specifically talking about rappers there yes and he and he is in a moped but ultimately because he subverts capitalism by himself by paying eight hundred dollars uh, cash from a moped from a salesman he's, he's ultimately <laughs> the coolest person he goes to a store and drops eight hundred dollars in cash to a salesman and he's totally subverting capitalism you guys very much <laughs> very much so yeah. I mean, I mock um, it, but it is obviously better to buy something used, especially something like a moped or a vehicle that costs a lot of resources to produce. Absolutely. I mean, once again, it's like humble brags. Uh, s- similarly, um, one could argue that uh, <laughs> he is humble bragging when he talks about uh, the not thin woman. Uh, who is riding with him oh, on man. his moped. He's so performative <laughs> on this album about how much he likes thick girls. <laughs> he yeah. talks about it in all this, like so many of these songs. Yeah, he's just like, oh man, I've made four rap albums uh, where I've been like unapologetically white constantly. And uh, I, uh, I haven't fixed the whole like... Um, uh, body image I, I, need to, I need to overcorrect and start talking about how curvy girls are beautiful yeah exactly and what does he say he says do i have a, actually a sample of this no i don't think i do um let me let me search big girl mm. uh i got one girl i got two wheels she a big girl but ain't a big deal I, I i think he means it ain't a big deal that she's a big girl yeah i think he's that's, like i i don't mind yeah i like Macklemore's a big a saint, girl essentially. i like him sassy yeah <laughs> saint macklemore oh boy um yeah <laughs> once again it's gr- it's great to be body positive and uh to not be like um i don't know thin normative uh or right. health like Uh, normative about what health looks like yeah um or uh sexuality uh sex appeal looks like but damn macklemore you just shut up (laughs) no one yeah no one wants to hear about your sex life yes (laughs) like you're the least sexy person ever oh my god (laughs) yeah and ultimately you are like offending um uh non-thin women by like (laughs) saying that uh by like associating them with you yeah oh, like God. you're desexualizing guilty them. by association <laughs> jesus christ yeah. that's the meanest thing you've ever said about anyone we've ever talked about on the show cameron <laughs> jesus christ oh my god like if i if i if i fit that description i would be like you know what macklemore it's fine i you don't need to i don't need that from you <laughs> keep my name out your mouth yeah oh my god yeah but this is the, yeah this is another song about how twee and vintage macklemore is and uh how much fun it is 
and uh yeah it's yeah thrift shop too basically uh i you i remember watching the music video for this and mostly i was interested in it because eric nally sings the hook um eric nally of shoot what's the the uh, band it's Rand mcnally atlas Mm-mm. oh foxy shazam foxy shazam thank you uh foxy shazam a band i haven't really followed but they have a few songs that are super fun mm-hmm. and and great um and essentially they're like i don't know they're kind of like a queen era kind of revival never as interesting as queen or as subversive or as queer and fun but Mm -hmm. still fun to hear like that kind of vocalization uh and in the in the genius um there's a quote uh from macklemore we were also listening to a lot of queen and a lot of music from the 70s and it was how could we merge these two worlds these two very different worlds. I'm assuming he means that kind of music and rap in a way that seamlessly worked that were obviously different, but could live on the same record. Like, is that even possible? And I would say, no, <laughs> this is an ex- <laughs> this is a seamful song. <laughs> uh, also, what the fuck are you talking about to like, well, I mean, rap was built on 70s music it was like a lot yes. of sampled <laughs> funk and disco and stuff like yeah became the backing traps tracks for hip-hop like where do you get off saying like how do you even merge like 70s like soul and like funk music with hip-hop it's like what are you uh, even talking yeah. about <laughs> i mean i think he's talking about gl- like glam music um, yeah it's which i, mean, I not I'm not saying glam. is not yeah well yeah it's just so they they were thinking about that and they got Eric Nally because he's like doing a neo glam glam rock thing with his voice mm. and kind of sounds like Freddie Mercury kind of a little bit yeah I kind of like and how they give him Montreal. basically nothing to do yeah yeah I barely heard his voice in here I kind of like, like how he's the one that Mon- goes downtown yeah <laughs> like over and over again and it's pretty irritating um. I kind of like the way of Montreal does uh, neo glam because at least they have the decency to be super depressed about it. <laughs> well, not specifically about neo glam, but depressed about everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, ready boy. to move on. If you are. Yeah. Yeah. This- oh, oh no, there's mm-hmm. one more thing that we should say, which is he has like a, a big like crew of black rappers who, um, are sort of the hype men and also do one verse together in a sort of chorus. And it's, I would say it's catchy because their voices are compelling and not like sighing, um, Mm. bullshit from, yeah, like delivery Mm -hmm. from Macklemore or like gross cockiness. Um, but ultimately it does sort of feel like, I don't know. Mm. it feels uh like he's just using their presence to heighten uh his image and their and the song Mm -hmm. i'm sure it was a good well maybe i don't know maybe it was a good gig for them and they're grateful to have it i don't know but like either way it gives me weird vibes you you feel Um, like it's later on token tokening kind of thing yeah later on like chance the rapper has a big part in one of the songs. Um, and, uh, he, he opened for, I believe on like the original heist tour or on one of them. Yeah. I think I read that. And, and, uh, yeah. Every time Macklemore has another rapper on, it's just like, doesn't rappers better than you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm more interested in what this other person's saying and, uh, in their voice and in, in the content of their lyrics and in their flow. And, um, I mean, I'm glad you're giving other people exposure and opportunities and using your platform, but like, but it's the guilty by association yeah. thing. It's like, <laughs> are you really doing them a favor? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just feeling really negative about this. Um, yep. Uh, the only thing that I want to talk about in Brad Pitt's cousin, uh, the next track is he references the, the Macklemore haircut, the infamous haircut. Hmm. Let's take a listen to the sample then. 
Hold up. Let me get my cattle bar. She's filthy. Hey, Cairo, come here, baby. Now my cat's more famous than you ever will be. I'm at Hustler. You can't tell me nothing. I'm Brad Pitt's ugly cousin. But when you're drunk at the wedding, still go fuck him. Sammy ain't a cup. Brad Pitt, that's my cousin. Angelina, show me love. Brad Pitt, that's my cousin. You got me fucked up. Um, this is a funny song. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm I'm rolling on the floor laughing over here. Real Rafflecopter Lamau. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is just like a song about him, you know, being successful. And he kind of goes back and forth between being like faux successful or fronting as if he's successful. Yeah. And that, then actually acknowledging his real success. It's and it's like, which so, is it? It's so weird because it's like he he is talking about how like i don't know if it's like different points in time but he's like yeah the only way i can get into the club is to pretend to be brad pitt's cousin he doesn't really look like brad pitt at all um but then all the the verses are just like all about how super successful he is like you heard in the sound sample uh made an instagram for my cat and my cat doesn't even rap and got more followers than you hold up uh he gives his cat a bar and he says, now my yeah, cat's more famous you, than you ever will be. What are you doing giving be. a cat a bar? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, he's boy. bragging about his success, but then the whole, the idea of the song is like, he's so unsuccessful, he has to pretend to be Brad Pitt's cousin. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, do you want to play the sample? The ultimate kind of just brag hid, hidden in, an, in a humble brag? Yes. Right. Every white dude in America went to the barber shop. Give me the Macklemore haircut. Australia. I can say from personal experience, not every white dude in America did that because I most <laughs> certainly did not. Now, there was a time in my life where I was accused of having this haircut, mm-hmm. which I think I may have talked about on the show before. I think you might have mentioned I, it. I think it's like a little weird. I don't know. I think the rhetoric of around this is like kind of strange um it's like white people hair there's not that many okay first of all i guess maybe what i actually mean to say is like western european descended uh hair right um not white people hair because white people hair is all over the place and looks a lot of different ways um but uh people with hair like me um it uh there's not that much you can do with it <laughs> and mm. i actually think that the macklemore haircut um in its maybe you could say in its more modest uh manifestations um in it in its less tall manifestations i actually think it's like a really good look the undercut i think it can look really good and really handsome and i think it's like kind of a bummer that this <laughs> that that this haircut kind of got ruined because it's like well what are we supposed to do like you it's nice to have your hair short on the sides it's nice to have a little more length on top Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i don't know um but i i think one of the main uh kind of like pieces of fallout from from this is people started accusing Macklemore of having the chosen haircut of the racist. Cause it's like a Hitler oh, youth haircut, yeah. I guess. Um, be, yeah, but I don't know. I think it's just sort of like an intuitive haircut when you have hair that's shaped like that. Uh, I'm not saying yeah. that people who look like me are being, uh, discriminated in against any way <laughs> marginalized. I'm just saying like it kind of, uh, it kind of sucks when um, someone who's like sort of implicitly uh, engaging in white supremacy um, like Macklemore <laughs> in the way that he has uh, is also like, oh, and he has this like Hitler haircut and then he's going to ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah. I also feel like, I don't know, it's not, it's, it's pretty rich, like crediting Macklemore with this haircut. Like, I feel right. like he picked up on a trend that was maybe like not super widespread yet, but was gathering steam. Like, yeah, you see it a lot on um, like Peaky Blinders has a lot of people sure. with this haircut. Like it's it's I think it was pretty widespread about 100 years ago, in fact. Um, yeah. For uh, 
I think it was for like fitting military helmets or something like that. In in the same way that like um, beards fell out of fashion because right. of gas, you need to fit a gas mask on the on the face, um, which is actually where uh, Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler's mustaches come from. It's it's the only kind of mustache that you can like fit under a gas mask. So it was like associated yeah. with military people. Um, yeah. So all that to say, like, yeah, this is and not, Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So this is not like Macklemore's haircut or his invention, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm just like a little bit like annoyed ab- about the whole thing because it's one of the only kind of like haircuts that uh, I feel like looks really good with my kind of hair. And it sucks that, uh, that racists, I mean, ultimately, who who it's not Macklemore who ruined it but it's the people in fucking charlottesville like they all had this haircut right and yeah. fucking uh what is his name richard spencer yes oh yeah yes. he has this haircut and you know what he looks good in this haircut if you can like if you were to see a picture of him and didn't know who he was you'd be like hey that's a handsome that's a handsome man with a handsome haircut uh unfortunately he's the devil <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people often say that the devil is nice looking or something, right? <laughs> Isn't that that, that famous famous uh, saying, the devil is nice looking or something? I'm writing this down, episode <laughs> title. <laughs> I've been listening a lot to uh, Your Kickstarter Sucks, the podcast. And oh, man. <laughs> one of my favorite things they do is they, they do this like almost reflexively they will just start on like a cliched or well-trodden thought or something, but they will just like absolutely refuse to commit to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something like, um, like, uh, Griffin Macklemore in, in Mibim Bam will, will talk about like, I think he, he, he stopped, he stopped doing this, but I think he would sometimes like, uh, ironically say like, Oh, Barack Hussein Obama. People forget about the Hussein. It's an important part. He he would like kind of do that ironically to like mock people. Whereas your Kickstarter suck would be like, yeah, Barack Hussein Obama. People like you forget the, you know, and they just like totally give up <laughs> and just don't commit to it at all. It's really entertaining for some reason. Uh, or they'll do like just a super hack joke, but just like not even get like halfway through the punchline. <laughs> uh, I love it. Anyway, so the devil is nice looking or something. All right, let's let's breeze through some of this. Buckshot is just a song about how he was listening to some obscure, uh, at least obscure to me, East Coast rapper while the rest of Seattle was listening to grunge. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up uh, maybe we should listen to is that a song a to growing up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's do that okay. one. A change gonna come, you put the work in, don't worry about the praise, my love Don't try to change the world, find something that you love And do it every day, do that for the rest of your life And eventually the world will change I'll be patient, one more month you wrap your fingers I feel like he needs to follow his own advice there. <laughs> like, don't try to change the world. Find something that you love and do it every day. The, the um, funny thing is, just like, he thinks he's doing it, but he's not. <laughs> well, I, I don't, he's just like, he he's so wrapped up in like his own place in all of this that, uh, and, and weird, like mismanaged white guilt that he can't make good art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but this is like, I think this is interesting because this is the first time that he is actually writing a song to or about another person other than explicitly himself or a weird like embodied version of the concept of music that he's going to fuck real, real good, (laughs) you know, or he might've had like a song that like mentioned a girlfriend or something, but this is like the first time that he's explicitly like talking to or about another person and it's his daughter. Um, Yeah. His gay daughter, his gay baby daughter, <laughs> Gaby. Uh, I think it, I think it's interesting, uh, particularly considering how much Eminem talked about his own daughter. Um, yeah, so this is uh, he, it's basically just a song full of a bunch of advice and then also a, a bunch more guilt. Like <laughs> Macklemore still manages to, to make it about him. Uh, 
I don't know if I'll be there for your first step. I can promise you that I'll try to work less, but the tour's routed and I got this album, put in so many hours, and I just want the outcome to be something that I can look back and be proud of. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he does a lot of, like, very performative recommendations. Read Langston Hughes. I suggest A Raisin in the Sun. Listen to Sam Cooke. A change going to come. You put the work in. Don't worry about the praise, my love. Don't try to change the world. Find something that you love and do it every day for the rest of your life. Blah, blah, blah. He, he does give some ad- good advice. Wear a helmet. Don't be stupid. Jaywalk, but look before you do it. Yeah. I actually like those, like, grounded pieces of, like, uh, overbearing, like, dad safety advice. Yeah, that, like, I can relate charming. to that. Also, it seems like... I'm not going to tell my kid to read The Alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read it. <laughs> I don't need anyone to know whether or not I've read it. Like, I don't care what my kid reads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do like that he assumes his daughter is gay, though. Take your girl yeah, to the okay, prom. So do you want to okay. play the sound sample? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Give your mama a compliment. Take your girl to the prom. But don't get too drunk hanging out the limo. Slow dance with your woman in your arms. Sneak her in after, but boy, you better tiptoe. Don't wake your mama. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like Macklemore just is kind of shifting to talking about his own experience or if he just is like so overcorrecting for like heteronormativity that he's like veering into homonormativity. I mean, if he just looked at this baby and he's just like, Oof, that baby's hella gay. This gay baby. <laughs> it's the gayest baby I've ever seen. Look at this butch baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's it's really strange i don't think uh macklemore has earned <laughs> our our trust at this point no <laughs> it, it like in a vacuum i'm i think there's something kind of sweet about it mm-hmm. you know the i i, I don't know like uh, <laughs> on principle a kid being like dad i'm not gay I, we've talked yeah. about this oh i keep forgetting <laughs> like dad, you know, i'm coming like, out oh, as me. not gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it could have so easily been take your date to the prom, slow dance with your date or your, you know, interest yeah. in your arms, your significant other, sneak yeah. them in after. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Kevin, which is another song where he is explicitly talking about another person? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What What um, else should we talk about then? I don't know. There's it's been a while since we did like a music theory corner um hmm. do, do you want to play like the sound sample from the song saint ides yeah um so in this oh, song God. uh there's an interesting bit of production usually the macklemore or the ryan lewis rather production is like pretty immaculate sounding um it's very kind of clean um, but th- in this one, there's a major six chord. I accidentally miss, I, there's a typo in the sound sample. Okay. It's a major six chord. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the chord based on the sixth degree of the major scale, uh, is a minor chord mm-hmm. if it stays within the, the scale. Uh, but they use a major six one every other time they go through the chord progression in this song in the piano. And, um, on top is, I don't know if this is technically a sharp nine, um, but cause there are rules, there are like jazz rules about what the specific extensions mean, mm-hmm. but it's a major six chord, um, with, uh, a, a doe in the melody, um, which has a, uh, has a very dissonant, um, it's, it's like major and minor at the same time. Cool. Uh, let's listen so, to the the yeah. general sound sample first, and then we'll get to the specific one. Way to go! Argue with the homies over who's gonna roll, but my goody mob has some food for the soul. Till it's two in the morning when the rain hits the windshield, and everything is still. Nothing really is a big deal. It's actually right there. The wheel, oh. be all right. zoning out a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i guess we'll use your sound sample too yeah zoom i'll just say it. here when it happens listen okay. for the crunchy chord yeah 
right there. Ooh. Yeah, I definitely heard that. I think yeah, a little bit of crunch. And the, the cool thing, other than them using that chord at all, is the fact that they do it every other time. So it's consonant one time, dissonant the next time. Mm, that's fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of like that L- little nice moment in the in the production. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much else to talk about. Uh, there's a, the chance the rapper song where he t- <laughs> where where Macklemore just says capitalism um <laughs> uh and and chance the rapper has a great verse as he normally does and he talk and he talks about how white girls call him the n-word and that's just sort of part of the uh, the price of his success oof yeah yeah maybe um, let's listen to that song yeah go ahead amen Satan told me not to serve. I only think about myself. I only think about my work. I only think about my come up. Capitalism. Look at where we come from. We are where we run from. So stupid. We are why we smoke some. So numb. So numb. So numb. I'ma tell you what you need to know. I'ma tell you what you need to hear. Also, he's isn't he like explicitly trying to sound like a different rapper there? He he's, he almost sounds like Kendrick or something where he's like, "Look at where we come from. We are what we yeah, run from." I, he he seems to. There's some moments where he seems to be trying to code as different rappers. Yeah. Uh, there's one song where it really feels like he's trying to do a reggaeton kind of delivery a little Ooh, bit. Ooh, Eminem and the accents coming back to yeah. haunt us. <laughs> uh, do you want to play that uh, chance the rapper the chance chance the Rapper sample. Champs the, the, the one rapper. that says Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I can find it. Yeah, I think it's this. Wait, I think it's this one. Cool parts. I remember open for Ben. Wasn't no liquor at the show. And now the white girls call me nigga at my show. I wish I could. Yep. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I love how in Macklemore's song, he's like, yeah, I opened for Macklemore. He says Ben, as in Ben Haggerty. I opened for him and there was no liquor at the shows so that sucked and now white girl now i'm famous because of it and white girls call me the n-word to my face yeah (laughs) um and then uh there is um i'll I'll just put a link to it uh there is an interview a section of an interview that's um time-coded and it's a really frustrating interview actually uh but um where uh chance the rapper talks about uh he talks about that phenomenon and what being famous in white spaces and in middle America looks like as a black rapper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's uh, pretty cringy. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, we should probably start wrapping it up here. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we need to talk about white privilege too. We've mostly covered the issues. Like it's a lot of Macklemore, like, mismanaging white guilt and uh kind of making the conversation about him and also doing kind of humble braggy stuff but at least he does he does like metaphorically and literally hand the mic over to activists and um, yeah a, a poet uh jamila woods um and there there is a section where he kind of embodies some of his uh white fans that are not uh, good allies where they say like oh we like yes. you and your positive hip hop not like that violent stuff and he 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 like says it he like physically uses his voice but it's in the voice of one of his fans and uh, I think some people were confused by that which is weird like some of the reviews of the song <laughs> like didn't <laughs> seem to catch what he was doing there which I, I thought it was pretty blatant so I don't know. Yeah, but he he also, I mean, it's a little bit better than his work on like George Bush or like random white scapegoats, but right. like <laughs> uh but he is still a little bit doing the like I'm evil thing. <laughs> like his yeah. caricature is a little bit kind of too perfect, too perfectly yeah. carony. Um and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And al- also I know like white women are extremely complicit in racism in america Mm -hmm. but sometimes the ways that like white moms are uh like demonized and villainized i feel like 
I feel like is problematic. And I don't know how to get into that. Like, in, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to get into that um, in, in a succinct way. And obviously a lot of them are because they're white. Um, but they're... <sighs> There's, there always smells like something kind of non-intersectional, uh, which I don't know. I mean, there's been generations upon generations of non-intersectional uh, white feminism. So like tit for tat, but right. Yeah, um, exactly. Or it, not even that it's equal. I don't want to draw a false equivalency, but like, I don't know. Like when, when white men throw white women under the bus for being racist, I think maybe that's where I kind of draw the line. (laughs) (laughs) Especially fictional white women that are supposed to represent kind of all, all moms, basically (laughs) like white moms. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just have a little respect. (laughs) Yeah. For women. (laughs) I don't know. That's on. That's next week's episode. Let's let's wrap it up. I gotta go. Yeah. Sp- yep. Speaking of white moms who are holding <laughs> down the fort <laughs> while I do this. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, next week with uh, shit. Where's the Macklemore? Oh no, I had it in front of me and then I clicked away to a different article. Uh, we'll be talking about Gemini from 2017. And I think that's going to be our last episode for the Macklemore season. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to miss him, won't we, Cameron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Writer's View on iTunes. Uh, you can support our show, like we mentioned, by going to support.boxset.website. Uh, you can listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool, and is really fun. I've been listening to a lot of that lately. Like it, love it, gotta have it. All right. And until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and that's the gayest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm Matt Damon's second cousin, twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like my bones, but I also like Star Trek, so... You just got to trade them in. (laughs) One bone per episode, that's how it goes.